I thought I was doing the right thing. But I failed you. The truth is, you got soft and we paid the price. You want Cobra Kai? It's yours. And these kids got into trouble was because of us. We can't let them suffer because of our issues. The only way to end this is by working together. So, what do you say? Your enemies think they're the hero, and you're the villain. There is no good. Look at this freak. There is no bad. Only weak. But strong. What are you, Tango and Cash? <laughs> no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. You do realize neither one of you are cops, right? I thought we were the good guys. We try to be. There's one thing I do know for sure. You can't run away from your problems. I might never be able to... Never, can't. Those are just words, they're meaningless. You're not a kid anymore. The world isn't just gonna hand it to you. You want something, you have to crawl across the floor. Use your damn teeth if you have to. And I'm always gonna be right here next to you. Because I'll always be your teacher. Oh, shit. That's all right. You felt like a champ. Mr. Miyagi taught me everything you knew. Let us find out. Off the top rope, thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the first episode of the new year in 2021. I'm back. I think the last episode I dropped on here was on December 10th, if I looked at my iTunes library correctly. Um, needed to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, I had kind of burned myself out uh, with uh, work, my full-time job, and doing this show weekly and and you know changing scheduling dates because I had been doing a football show. Uh, with two other buddies of mine who I've greatly appreciated doing the show with me, and hopefully we'll have them back on soon uh, to continue on as we move into the NFL playoffs. Um, but for this episode, I'm going to be previewing Wild Card Weekend on my own, uh, just because I figured it was a little too late to try to get them involved. But for sure, divisional round and heading into the Super Bowl, I'll bring them back. But yeah, uh, doing that show with them and, and trying to, you know work with everybody and schedules and all that. I really got burnt out and not only just doing the show itself, which is the the fun and the easiest part of it, but you know, there's also putting it together, producing it, editing, editing and all that stuff. Uh, it really takes its toll. And I really love doing this show. And I was like, man, I'm going to burn myself out to the point where I don't want to do it anymore. Don't want that to happen. So I decided to take most of December off and, you know, spend time with family and, um, of course, what the main event of this show is, uh, other than the NFL wildcard playoffs starting this weekend, is you'll be getting my full-on review of Cobra Kai Season 3, which just dropped on the new year. It hasn't even been a week, but a lot of people have been catching it and checking it out in full. Uh, this show has become a big pop cultural phenomenon, uh, which only gets me excited because now everybody's talking about it and everybody's watching it. and. Uh, if it's something that I like and people start getting invested in it more, that just uh, gets me even, even more pumped to talk about it. And that's what I'll be doing for you in the second half of this pod. But yeah, that, I just wanted to explain my absence for a little bit. But I'm back. It's a new year. Uh, I want to get this thing you know, off, off and running and just continue to put on great shows because I love to do it. And yeah, that's it. I'm back. 2021. Um, of course the NFL playoffs are finally here. We made it through a full season. 
which a lot of the pundits, a lot of the haters out there didn't think that the NFL could pull this through. Were there bumps along the way? Were games rescheduled and did players contact the virus and all that stuff? Yes. But uh, more importantly, no game was ever canceled this season. And the whole uh, 16-, 17-week season actually came through. And uh, now we can move on into the playoffs. And we're going to decide who is going to play in Super Bowl 55 coming up uh, at the start of February. So... This is where the real fun begins. This is where you start to see the real, real good teams emerge. Um, as I had been mentioning throughout my show that I had been doing with Abraham and Jake, uh, this was going to be the first season where two new teams uh, on both sides of the AFC and NFC were going to have represented as far as like um, enhancing the playoff picture. So... Um, there's only going to be two teams that are not going to be playing this weekend, and that'll be the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. Everybody else is going to have to play on day one from Wild Card Weekend. So I think now more than ever, if this is the format that's going to be happening uh, going forward with these playoffs, um, you're, you're probably going to see more than likely a champion come out of Wild Card Weekend than ever before. Uh, so. Three matchups on Saturday, and then, of course, three matchups on Sunday. I'm going to be previewing all of those. Um, now that I've got this intro out of the way, let's let's actually take our first break of the season. And when we come back, I'm going to talk NFL playoffs, and I'm going to give you my predictions on all the winners for this weekend's uh, dubbed Super Wild Card Weekend. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for tuning in in this new year. We'll be right back. Wild Card Weekend adds a playoff team in each conference. Meaningful football games late into December. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. We're going to take all of us and dominate our opponents. I've been in my bag and trying to take it all away. I can't believe it. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Fire them cannons. All right, welcome back to the show, and here we go. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend starting on Saturday. Here are the matchups to look forward to. First up, coming up at 105 Eastern, depending on where you're at, folks. It's the Indianapolis Colts traveling to face the Buffalo Bills, who are red hot and who I believe right now are the best team in the NFL. haven't really given my power rankings anymore, but... It's a little too late for that because it's it's the start of a new season now. It's it's go time. This is where we're going to find out who's the best of the best. So Colts-Bills on Saturday is our first uh, playoff game. This one's going to be an easy pick for me. The Buffalo Bills, they're rolling hot. I believe they're the biggest threat right now to the Kansas City Chiefs who are resting on the bye and who, quite frankly, haven't been playing the best of football uh, these last couple of weeks, they've kind of just been like coasting, and uh, now's really not the time for that anymore. They really got to kick it into high gear. And if there's a team that can come in and like shock the world, it's the Buffalo Bills. They're coming out of the AFC East. Uh, this is the first time that the Patriots haven't won the division or haven't been in the playoffs in a very long time. So this is a uh, new territory for me. But the fact that the Buffalo Bills are representing, you know, I love their coach, McDermott, and Josh Allen has really come into his own. And Stephon Diggs has really helped out this offense explode into, like, this really, really well-balanced team. Um, he's just done great stuff for them. The Colts, I love uh, this team as a whole for the most part, except for their quarterback, Phillip Rivers, who... Uh, if Jake, if you talk to Jake and Abe, they just think that I hate the guy. I don't. It's just, I just don't think he can get it done anymore. He had his opportunities when he was with the Chargers, and he just could never get the job done. And now he's like in a way past his prime, and I just feel like he's not a fit for this organization. There's still one piece away, and that's like a quarterback. And whether that comes like in the draft or whether in the offseason they go out and get somebody like, who knows, Carson Wentz. And, you know, there's rumors right now of Deshaun Watson possibly wanting out of Houston. Um, you know, there's there's going to be some candidates out there, and I just don't think Phillip Rivers is going to be the the guy to get this team over that hump and into, like, an AFC championship game, much less a Super Bowl. 
So I really think this is going to be the end of the line for the Colts. Uh, again, they're an up-and-coming team, so they'll be back in it. But, you know, they're going to have to move off of Phillip Rivers, I think. I just don't think it's going to be enough to go over there in Buffalo. And I believe they're going to allow, like, 7,000 fans around there. So it's going to be pretty rocking for a playoff game, especially on a team that just hasn't made the playoffs in a very long time. So that fan base is going to be riled up and going. And, you know, right now the Bills are just the hottest team going. So I'm picking them over the Indianapolis Colts in the first uh, wild card matchup of Saturday. Then we move into the second half of a triple header. It's the Los Angeles Rams traveling to face the Seattle Seahawks. Divisional rivalry. It's been back and forth this season. The, the NFC West has been super competitive. All season long, uh, there are, what is it? Well, there were three teams at one point for the West in the playoffs. So we got two. Uh, at one point, the Cardinals were also contending. So uh, that just goes to show you like how tough the NFC West is. This is going to be a very hard matchup to determine. I, I think they're split on the series as far as like uh, regular season. But again, playoffs are a different story. Seahawks are at home. Uh, the Rams, I do love their defense. When they get it going, they're kind of one of the hardest defenses to stop. And they can put a stop to any offense if they really put their mindset to it. Um, I'm going to go with the more experienced team. And I'm going to go with Seattle and Russell Wilson. I just feel like there's going to be something in them that's going to be able to pull this out. It's going to be a weird game. Because, again, Seattle is is one of those teams. And, like, my buddy Kevin Clark, well, not my buddy, but somebody that I follow on, on social media, he's always stay, stated that the Seattle Seahawks never play in a normal-type game. And I'm expecting another one. This will probably be the best game of the Saturday games. Um, and it's going to end wacky. And it's going to be weird. It's going to come down to last possession. And I think Russell Wilson's going to have some magic up his sleeve, at least for this week. And uh, the, I, I'm picking them uh, to win. So I got both home teams right now winning in the wild card weekend. And uh, this next matchup, I think I'll finally pick the road team. It's going to be the Saturday night game at around 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, depending on where you're at. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to face the Washington football team. Um, a little part of me kind of wanted the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East because then this game would have been in Dallas and there would have been an opportunity to probably go visit. Uh, but not only that, but to send the Cowboys packing uh, with Tom Brady at the helm. Would that have been a sight to see? But we're getting the Washington football team. And I had predicted this at the beginning of the season just because I, I loved the feel-good story of Alex Smith coming back to play after that horrific leg injury he suffered like two years ago. And then not only that, but Ron Rivera, uh, you know, battling through cancer and not even like missing a beat. He's, he was there for all 16 games. Uh, this story has a, this team has a really good story to it. You know, they're the underdogs this weekend for sure. Tampa Bay is starting to really roll um, at a time when you know that's when you really want your team to get going right like because you can you can talk about teams records and whatnot but that was a regular season it's like how are you playing as you're heading into the playoffs and yes uh the bucks had you know some so-so opponents in the lions and the falcons twice but the, they like thumped them man they like thumped them like past 40 points uh in each one of those games like the offense is just really starting to roll with brady and brown and godwin and evans who slightly hurt but he's probably going to play on Saturday. Um, if they can get the running game going with Ronald Jones, he was out with a broken uh, finger, I believe, or a broken couple of fingers. Um, he was back in action this past uh, weekend, and he was looked like he hadn't missed a beat. So if the Bucks can keep it going with that run game and that passing attack, and then that defense comes in and, and starts to really play lights out like it was at the beginning of the season, uh, this team can really beat anybody, and they can make uh, a run uh, to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. So I, I know a lot of people are going to you know, discredit the Bucks and try to discredit Brady. That's what the analysts have been trying to do for years. You know, They keep trying to say he's not good, but there's like all the stats and numbers like say otherwise. So until like Brady has like a deep, steep decline, like I don't know how the analysts are still saying that. Um, again, it's just pointing out their biases. Just say that you hate him 
you know, I'll respect you more if you do that. But um, as much as I love this Washington story, I think uh, Tampa Bay's defense is going to be able to put a hat on Alex Smith. They're going to put the pressure on him. Uh, you know, he's not as mobile anymore because of that injury. So um, the defense is really going to, um, you know, have its work uh, cut out for it against that, that Bucks and and uh, whatever Todd Bowles has got cooked up. Uh, as far as Brady and the offense, I think they're going to be okay. They might struggle a, bit, a little bit early. Um, Chase Young has gone on record and state that he wants Tom Brady, so he's going to be looking to put a hat on him, which he may he may be able to get some pressure early. But then uh, once Brady figures that out, he's going to be able to slice and dice uh, this defense and uh, have it go his way. And this will be the first time ever in Tom Brady's career that he started out on the road in the wild card playoffs. So more history being made by this guy as he continues to play at age 43. But I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defeating the Washington football team on Saturday night. And that'll do it for the Saturday games. And let's move into Sunday. Um, first up at noon, we got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to face the Tennessee Titans. Um, Baltimore again is one of those teams that really started to roll in the last couple of weeks and nobody's really talking about them anymore. In fact, they haven't been talked about ever since they got romped by the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. But that was like early in the season. And since then, the, the Ravens haven't been talked about. I think they're kind of scary good. And I think they kind of like that they're going under the radar. They don't want to be talked about so that way they can sneak up on teams. Tennessee's kind of been hit and miss this season. But uh, I still like Derrick Henry. Um, I guess my only question mark is Tannehill. Maybe for me, just because, you know, I don't think he's done enough. Um, they're at home. They're hosting. But uh, I kind of like Baltimore to kind of get the revenge uh, because Tennessee's the one that kind of struck him in the mouth last year and was the big surprise of the playoffs. But I think Baltimore's going to be ready this time, and they have something to prove because Lamar Jackson has yet to win a playoff game, and uh, he really needs to start, uh, you know, creating his legacy and what he's going to be in this league. So I think he's going to be highly motivated to play a really good game. And I like Baltimore, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with them this weekend. Uh, next up is the second half of the triple header on Sunday. It's the Chicago Bears, who are surprisingly in the playoffs, traveling to face the New Orleans Saints at home in the Superdome. Drew Brees is back. Um, they were kind of like iffy against the Chiefs, and then they just really had their way with Minnesota on Christmas Day, so, and then I think they ended up, I think they won their last game of the season, too. So anyways, they're back and rolling to what they should be. Um, not going to worry about Drew Brees and his ribs and all that stuff uh, once they get into a harder opponent. I think they'll be okay here with the Bears, even though their defense can kind of step it up at times. But I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be pretty confident here that the Saints are going to get it done, and this one could probably be the biggest route of the entire wild card weekend. So I'm expecting the saints here to win and win huge. And then finally we come to uh, the main event of wild card weekend. It's the Cleveland Browns traveling to face the Pittsburgh Steelers who they just faced last week to get into the tournament. So the Browns are highly motivated. Again, they haven't been to the playoffs in a very long time. Uh, the only difference now is that they're going to be facing all of Pittsburgh starters, but Pittsburgh has kind of started to unwind in these last couple of uh, games. Uh, they're turning out to be the New England Patriots of last year where like they were romping people early and they were going undefeated. And then finally they came across some opponents that really made them uh, look what like what they actually are. And that's that they're just a subpar team. They're all right. Um, but they got the, the, the good head coach. They got the veteran quarterback. Is this going to be enough to put Cleveland away? I know Cleveland's not going to have a lot of their coaching staff because of the COVID situation. So will that factor in? Will the Browns be able to overcome that? I think I don't think so. I think they're too still too young, and I think it may become too much for Baker Mayfield. But the fact that they made it into the playoffs just uh, has this team. They're on the right track, and Coach Stefanski has done a great job. I think he uh, should be considered for head coach of the year. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to get through Pittsburgh here. They're not going to be able to get over the hump just yet, possibly next season for sure. But I think P Pittsburgh is going to be well rested and I think they're going to be highly motivated because I'm sure they're, 
they're tired of hearing the talk about how they're not good and you know they're just going to be exposed in the playoffs and all that, but I think they're going to actually surprise. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here at home to finish off wild card weekend. So just to reiterate, let me uh, go back through all my picks. I got the Bills over the Colts. I got the Seahawks over the Rams. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Washington football team. And then I got Baltimore over Tennessee, the Saints over Chicago, and Pittsburgh coming back strong uh, to defeat Cleveland. Because uh, I just I don't think they're going to lose back-to-back against them. I mean, they're... There's a possibility this weekend, as there always is on Wild Card Weekend, for some shocker. Uh, and I know probably most people are thinking that Washington upsets Tampa Bay. And that's the go-to obvious pick as far as an upset. But I don't know. I, you just can't doubt Tom Brady in these playoffs, especially with those weapons. So, yeah, I'm going to go here with uh, with Pittsburgh uh, over Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, I don't, who knows? You know, Cleveland could shock. But uh, I don't see it happening. But that's Wild Card Weekend for you folks coming up uh, starting Saturday. So I really hope you enjoy the games. I'm going to be looking forward to it because this is the best part of the year for me. Uh, Sports-wise, as we head on the road to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. Uh, and let's take one more break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Cobra Kai Season 3. You'll get my full thoughts and review on how they did this season. So stick around. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. What's this? An Okinawan hand drum. What does it do? I'll show you. Try to hit me. I'm not gonna try to hit you. What? You scared you're gonna get beat by a girl? All right. Here it comes. (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) But I got some secret moves of my own. Oh, really, do you? Yeah, here, put your arms out. And then just... (laughs) See? Impossible to defend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dad! Sorry, sorry. Is that my drum in your pocket? All right, welcome back to the show, and it's time for my new review of the week, Um, that being Cobra Kai Season 3, which just dropped on Netflix on January 1st for the new year. Uh, I binged it this past weekend with my girls who were uber super excited for it. We had been waiting a very long time, not as much as me, me, I had been waiting almost two years for the release of this show, specifically this season. Because if I go back to my history with this show, uh, this started originally on a little platform called YouTube Red. And that was YouTube's version of like kind of like their Netflix and they were going to start doing like their original programming and all that stuff. And you had to pay a premium, right? I believe it was like nine, ten bucks to subscribe. But I, since day one, have been a subscriber of YouTube TV. So basically anything that was YouTube related, I was going to be able to have access to because of that, which included everything on YouTube red. And that's where Cobra Kai was going to premiere. And I always thought that was a weird spot for a show like that to land on because it is a very popular property. The karate kid is one of the most beloved classic films of all time. And when they were going to decide to continue on with it as a television show, um, and the fact that it landed there was like, huh, maybe nobody's going to even watch or even care or even know what it is. But I've been loyal to it since about, since day one. Uh, There's probably another buddy of mine, Roger Trevino. He was the only other person I talked to about this show with because we were were the only ones that, that, that watched it through there. And then, um, when it came time for season three. So season two ended in 20 or got dropped in 2019. So we saw it there. We saw it during that time. So originally this show would have come out in March of 2020 or April of 2020. That's, that was the, uh, the specific dates those shows had been dropping since its inception in 2018. Uh, obviously of course the, the pandemic ruined everything, not only just our personal lives, but, uh, 
the fact how everything is released, uh, schedules got changed, shifted, uh, movie releases got shifted to next year, you know, production on television shows got pushed back. So, you know, even shows that I do watch right now regularly, like this is us and a million little things on ABC, those shows got into production real late because of the pandemic and their shows kicked off around like November. And even then there's only been like a couple of episodes cause they're still, in the very early process of filming everything. So what was going to happen with Cobra Kai? Because as it turns out, uh, YouTube was not going to start uh, producing any more shows anymore. None of the that original programming, all that stuff didn't work out. So it's like, what's going to happen with Cobra Kai? Well, throughout the summer, we were finding out little news and tidbits about the show possibly getting shopped around and, you know, I, for one, was on the record stating, man, like every streaming app should be going after this show. Hulu, HBO Max, which had just launched, um, Netflix, of course, uh, they're the ones that ended up winning the rights to it. And gladly so, because Netflix is in, I don't know how many dozens of households they have, like, I believe over 90 plus million subscribers or something like that. So people were going to get access to this show. Finally, I know people were interested in it, but. And, and I had a lot of friends that were interested in it as well, but they were like, oh, I'm not going to shell out 10 bucks to watch YouTube Red, which I always find the weirdest thing from people that are like, oh, I'm not going to subscribe to that. But it's like you subscribe to Netflix, you pay for that. What do you mean like you wouldn't pay for like another app service to watch a show, even if it's just for like one month's uh, worth of service, just canceled it after that. You know, I, I don't like people like that. That stuff bothers me. Like if there's content that you really want to see, like you'll, you should pay for it. You know, you shouldn't expect things free. So, you know, I kind of just ignored that whenever friends were telling me, like, ah, I, I, I want to see the show, but I'm not going to pay for this. Like, yeah, screw you. If you really want to see it, you'll pay for it. Um, and not that I got it for free. You know, I was paying for the YouTube service. So that's how I was able to watch Cobra Kai uh, through, through, through that service. So, you know, I paid my dues and all that. So, you know, and wherever it landed, you know, regardless, I was going to pay to continue to watch that show because I think it's just one of the greatest things to happen to pop culture in this century. So it got picked up by Netflix and I believe around like August, September, they premiered the first two seasons. So it started to get very popular on the site and I started to see more people on social media talking about this show, which I, I that just got me super excited. And, um, you know, I'm always welcoming more people into my world. You know, the things that I like, you know, if there were more people that were into wrestling, I would welcome them with open arms. I don't try to be, I wasn't trying to be like a gatekeeper of this show or anything like that. The more eyeballs on it, the better, the more popular, the more, you know, they sign on to do more seasons and all that stuff. So the only thing that was left was like, when season three going to happen? Well, when they dropped uh, the first two seasons, they had like a little brief teaser saying uh, 2021. And I was like, oh, man, are they going to wait like a full on to like March, April 2021 just to keep in line with how they, uh, you know, always drop the show. And then finally, the the real trailer came out and it said like January 2021. So I'm like, OK, this is badass. Like we're going to get it right at the beginning of the year. Like we need it after all of us and all this bullshit that we've been going through with this pandemic and all that. Like what a great start to the year. And then about like. Two, three weeks before, there was a little viral video uh, by William Zapka, who plays Johnny Lawrence in the show. And it, there was this clip of him on the computer talking about how January, I think, 8th was the original release date. And he was like, nah, that's too long of a wait. And you see him there changing on the computer for from January 8th to January 1st. And we were like, hell yeah, right at the start of the new year. Like, I cannot wait. This works out perfectly because I'm going to have my girls on that exact weekend. Um, so all the stars were aligning. And I'm like, I'm going to get to binge watch it with them. This is going to be awesome. So here it finally comes January 1st uh, with my girls, uh, with my dad, my family. We've been watching it together. My dad became like a really big, huge fan of the show. Really liked it a lot. And we caught up or they caught up with it throughout the summer. So they were highly anticipating it just as much as we were and we got done bidging it within a couple of hours you know we went straight through each episode and i gotta say man for it being like a almost two-year wait for this thing 
Uh, they absolutely delivered. Now, was it a perfect season? Absolutely not. Is there a couple of things that I didn't like about it? Yeah, and I can get into those things real quickly before I go, get into the stuff that I really liked. So the two things that I didn't like about this season. So first off uh, was the Kreese backstory in Vietnam and how everything came to be with how he became fascinated with cobras and, and why the dojo actually ends up being named Cobra Kai. Like there's a whole backstory to it. So I didn't like it only because it didn't really – yes, it brought like new information to light. But for the most part, it was kind of just there. And it reminded me of when I would watch Arrow and I would be so enthralled with what's going on in the present-day storyline. But one of the things Arrow loved to do was to show flashbacks uh, of stuff that was kind of going on with what the season was currently at. So there would be like little themes and whatnot to tie it in. And they do the same thing here in Cobra Kai where, with with uh, with a lot of the themes and a lot of the, the character development. Like It makes sense from a storyline standpoint to to put in this backstory of Kreese. But to me, it didn't really bring much to it. And I didn't really want to see any really humanity brought to that character because he's the true villain of the Karate Kid universe. I know you, know, you could say Johnny and all that stuff was the biggest villain of Karate Kid and throughout the years. But now that we've finally gotten to know his backstory and his upbringing and all that stuff, like you kind of see him in a different light. But Kreese has always been like that straight, straight up villain, like the guy that you just love to hate. And I don't want to see any humanity brought into that character or give you a sense of like, oh man, like maybe we should feel a little bit of sympathy for him. And they try to do that, but I don't think it works effectively. And I think that they could have done without this backstory. They could have gone more into like, you know, Johnny or even Daniel or, or whatever. But the fact that the Kreese uh, backstory not o- is not only just one episode, it's throughout and even carries on into the finale. And I think it kind of slows the narrative down just a bit whenever they flash back to Vietnam. And uh, my daughters have been into this whole show like from, you know, beginning to end. But even they were, were boggled down by the by the crease um backstory and they were just like oh like kind of don't want to see this can we just fast forward through it and even on uh, a little bit of our rewatch that we did like a day later like we were fast forwarding through the crease scenes because they didn't they didn't bring much and again that's just a matter of opinion uh me again me personally i didn't like it uh but it was just a small part of this gigantic enormous expanded season like the episodes felt longer this season so it was there was a kind of a lot a lot of stuff going on um the other thing i didn't like was there was certain characters that didn't really get much spotlight or attention to like i think there's a while before tori comes into play and i I wish they would focus more on robbie a little bit more sometimes because that's a character that's really fully been affected by everything that's happened uh to him um but it's a good problem that was run into this season was because you've grown to love all of these characters so much from you know johnny lawrence all the way down to freaking dimitri like you care about all these characters that yes a lot of them didn't get enough screen time because there was a lot of focus uh i think to me this this season on the adults you know especially with daniel going to okinawa and learning more about the miyagi do and reconnecting with characters from the karate kid part two to johnny lawrence and uh you know, dealing in the aftermath of the of the school fight at the high school, um, and trying to rehabilitate Miguel and get him back to walking, which was one of the highlights of the season, is just seeing that that relationship between Johnny and Miguel grow. So there was more focus on that. So yeah, you didn't kind of didn't get you know a lot of attention on Hawk and Dimitri, and Sam was dealing with her own thing, her post traumatic stress thing, as far as Tori goes. So she spends a chunk of the season like scared and kind of like not wanting to confront her problems. And then you're left with characters like Dimitri and all those that didn't really get much attention as they did in in, in season two. But that's okay because, you know, they're going to stretch this out for a couple of more seasons. I believe it's planned out all the way till season six is what Ralph Macchio said. Now, who knows if Netflix will greenlit it for that long because we all know Netflix likes to cut its shows uh i usually don't see more than five seasons but you know given the popularity of this show and how much it's it's exploded into a pop cultural phenomenon 
I don't think Netflix is going to give up on it just yet. I think they're going to let it go for a while. And if they go through season six, because, again, the, the, the creators and, and all that, they have it all mapped up. They have an end game for it. So they have a an end to this series, or at least this massive storyline that's been going on since the start. Um, I hope they let them play that out. Um, so, okay, so now that I got those two kind of negative things out of the way, I want to talk about the things that I really loved about this season. And we have to start, even though it comes at the very end of the season, is the reintroduction of Elizabeth Shue as Allie Mills and no longer Allie Mills Schwarber, as we learned. Um, wow, they did such a beautiful job with her. Um, she was my first crush growing up as a kid watching the Karate Kid movie. So seeing her again was such a delight. And she still, she still looks so great. And the way they brought her in was kind of like just not, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but she just appears in, in the second to last episode and in the finale. Um, this is a show where I don't really like to try to theorize what's going to happen. The only reason I was doing it with my girls was because they love talking about it so much that they were theorizing, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, maybe she'll be the, because they had mentioned um, her throughout you know, a lot of season one and season two. They had been teasing her a lot. And I think one of the things that uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zapka's characters talk about in, what is it, season one, episode nine, different but same uh and they're going through Allie's you know Facebook I think it, it had been mentioned that she was like some type of doctor or some type of spinal something she was something in that area and immediately after Miguel got hurt in that high school fight um and went over the railing and you know cracked his spine and all that stuff you know one of the, one of the theories out there and one of the theories that me and my daughters talked about like oh maybe she ends up being the doctor that comes in to help fix Miguel and all that and if you look very carefully at the beginning of season three, when they're getting ready to do Miguel's surgery, they do mention of a doctor that came in from out of town and it was a blonde lady. And they kind of tease you at the beginning that it might be her. And then when they, she turns around, it's not. So it's like, we weren't the only ones, you know, thinking about that. The writers definitely were, or they were paying attention to the fans and they threw that kind of like, you know, threw you for a loop on that. So that's what I love about this show is that you can sometimes think you know where it's going and then it just takes a hard right and goes in a completely different direction, but in a good way because it expands the story in the way that they want to tell it. So the way they bring in Allie is she just, she's home for the holidays. That makes sense. Her family still lives there in the Valley and all that. So yeah, she would show up for a, a Christmas, a little break. So that's how she's brought in and she ends up reconnecting through through Johnny, through Facebook, and they meet up, and you know they reminisce and all that stuff. And what they did with her character was so amazing because they could have easily just brought her in, and they could have done the easy route and do like a you know rekindle the whole you know love triangle between her, Daniel, and Johnny, or even Miguel's mom, Carmen, who Johnny's kind of like romantically linked with now. They could have done something like that and made it a little bit too soap opera-ish but the fact that they kind of have Allie there as the bridge from the past to now and they mention it a lot in that episodes when they're when they're reconnecting it's like hey like it was cool to to revisit the past and it's nice to visit to see where you are now but don't you know live in the past you know live for the now live for the future and that was kind of cool I like that I like that she was kind of brought in to to ease the tension between Daniel and Johnny because their rivalry had been going on since high school and she was kind of one of the reasons for the start of it. So it was fitting for her to kind of be the one to put the nail on the head to kind of like just put an end to it to kind of them, get them to see them, to see the error of their ways and, and and have them like realize that they're more alike than they want to admit. And she was the bridge for that. And she was the bridge to help Johnny realize like, hey, like, He's got something good there with Carmen. Like, yeah, he wanted to kind of like reconnect with Allie and possibly maybe have something with her. But, you know, and who knows? Maybe it will down the line, maybe towards the, the series finale. But the way she was brought in, she was used perfectly. Like, now she's like, she's not part of the main storyline, but she had an effect as into what's going on all around. And, you know, they can possibly bring her back later on. But I don't think I would want to see her become a regular character. I know there's some people that have suggested that she comes back for season four. And who knows? I mean, I mean I'll mean, i like it either way. 
because it's it's a freaking Elizabeth Shue. Like she'll always be my first crush. So any chance to see her on screen is great. But the way they used her here was perfect. And if they never bring her back again, like I'll be cool with that also because she served her purpose at least for this storyline and getting Daniel and Johnny to to ease up on their rivalry and possibly maybe not be friends, but they can at least be civil with each other, which had been, again, another brilliance on the part of this show, had been teased for two seasons where it, I believe it was in the penultimate episodes of each season where you see Danny, Daniel and Johnny kind of like getting along and being able to hang out and be civil with each other before things just go completely to shit. So they had been teasing that for so long that they had to pay it off at some point. Like these guys are going to have to come together to to battle Kreese and, and the rest of Cobra Kai. And that's what ends up being the culmination towards uh, the end of season three and Kreese's confrontation with Johnny and the big fight and Robbie kind of like succumbing to the dark side, a la like a Darth Vader type deal, which is a tragedy in itself. Like this show is very Shakespearean. And, and and the way they do a lot of their storylines and it's it's good drama like i did not think a show like this first of all a that it was going to be that good and b that it was going to be that detailed in its storytelling and it's just so great it's my favorite television show right now like there's just nothing better on it there's thir- it's 30 episodes in the canon already and all of them are great and they all serve a purpose it's all fantastic and it's all in the storytelling and the writing, like much credit to all these guys involved that are just super fans of the franchise, and could, they continue to bring in new ways on how to, you know, develop these characters and move the story forward. And uh, I mentioned Elizabeth Shue as being like my favorite thing of this season, but another thing that they handled very well and just bridging all these movies together into the show was the. The reintroduction of the Karate Kid Part 2 characters, uh, Kumiko and Chosen. The way they did that was so beautiful as well. You know, they again, they could have easily gone back to just the love story between Daniel and Kumiko. But no, they used her to to bring out some letters that Miyagi had written to his love. And they, they bridged that into whatever Daniel was dealing with at the time emotionally. And it was just a, such a beautiful scene. And then Chosen bringing in some of that hidden secret Miyagi-Do teachings that, you know, weren't taught to Daniel as a young teen just because maybe Miyagi was trying to, like, you know, shield him from a lot of the darker stuff. But Chosen shows him these different moves, and and he's a character that's grown as well. I know in the Part 2 movie, he was, like, very just straight on, like, just probably the biggest villain in the whole franchise just because, you know, he wanted to kill Daniel's son in that final fight in Part 2. But even then they give this guy humanity and they, they have him grow and and he even he explains that he was such a disgrace after that or he felt uh, such a personal disgrace after that fight with Daniel that he needed to do some soul searching and he ended up becoming an, an alright guy and him and Daniel come to an understanding and he teaches them these new, uh, these new karate lessons that Miyagi had not shown Daniel and all these secrets and all that stuff. So all, all of that ties in perfectly to to the themes of what was going on this season and they could have done it just for just to do it just to you know wink at the audience but you know there's that but then there's them expanding the mythology right like bringing in that those Miyagi teachings that you didn't hear about so there's just more mystery there and they expand the story forward and (laughs) they're so perfect at how they plant stuff in the season. So that happens early on in the season three. And then finally, when it comes to a point where things get very dramatic and very extreme, heavy situations, uh, Daniel brings out that karate technique and uses it on crease. And it's like, Oh man, they tied it up perfectly to what he was learning in Okinawa. So yeah, like this show is just done so much to expand the world after watching this season, it feels bigger now, like it could go anywhere. I know they're going to try to do the the All-Valley Tournament again. And this time, uh, Robbie will probably be representing Cobra Kai. And, you know, Miguel's still got to have his comeback story after his injury. So I guess if I had to try to predict uh, a matchup of sorts, they're going to 
they're probably going to do Robbie and Miguel again, which makes the most sense because those are the guys that are tied to to Daniel and Johnny uh, the most. But uh, yeah, just a very, very fun season. Um, Yeah, an easy watch. If you're not into the show, you know, I, I highly recommend it. There's some people that have been asking about it and, you know, I'm not one to want to throw my recommendation like oh you gotta see this like i don't really do that anymore i don't tell people like you gotta see this you gotta see this but you know if there's one show that i'm gonna recommend in my life right now it's cobra kai and uh and even then like there's not even that much to to try to follow everything that's going on in the miyagi universe as the creators like to say all you really need to watch are the first three movies and then you can jump right into the series and you'll be caught up with all the references and everything because, you know, they the, the, the creators do a really good job of of telling you what's from the movie and then what's strictly the show. So they do a really good balance of that. And uh, I absolutely love it to death. And I've watched the, like, final three, four episodes so many times already just because it's so good. And it's so rewatchable. I could like if I wanted to restart the series right now, I'll be done with it in a couple of hours. Like it's only ten episodes per season. They're around the thirty minute mark. Season three had a little bit longer episodes, including the finale, which I, I believe was like forty some minutes, which would equate to like an hour of television if you add in like commercials and stuff like that, as my dad mentioned. But gosh, this show is so good. It's for adults, it's for teens, and it's for the young kids who you know, like like my daughters who are super into it, and you know they've they've grown to like these characters, and and they they themselves cannot wait to what happens next. And uh, season four will, is about to start shooting soon, if I heard correctly. And who knows, maybe we'll get season four before the end of the year. Like uh, I think Netflix has just got to capitalize on its popularity while it's really big right now. Um, it's almost been a week, and it's still trending number one on Netflix. And I think there's still more people out there that are waiting to see it. Like I said, jump on it now um, or jump on it whenever, you know, it just shows just it's that good. You know, I'm not one to push for like Emmys and all that stuff. But, you know, if I were to give out like a nomination for acting, it would definitely be William Zapka as Johnny Lawrence, who's just brought so much life and so much new energy and mythology to this character. Ralph Macchio is good too, but William Zapka is what makes this show, and he's the real heartbeat of it. And you know, the, all the characters are likable, even the ones that you love to hate. Like it's just you care about everything going on in this show, and it's so smartly written. It's meta, it's dramatic, it's funny. Like there, it just has everything going for it. And it's a show that, from its surface, when you look at it. Like, it's a show that shouldn't work, and it should be, like, super silly and corny. And it's got elements of, you know, cheesiness and all that stuff in it. But for the most part, it's a really well-told story. And it's based off a property from the 80s. Like, they've done it again as far as, like, building on the mythology of an old franchise. Uh, Rocky did this with Creed. You know, they backdoored their way into the Rocky universe through this different lens. And now the Karate Kid has backdoored in into this series uh, through the eyes of, of Johnny Lawrence. And, and you're seeing a whole different perspective. And, you know, now it's more than just the movies now. It's this series. And it's it, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And, you know, I can't wait to see where it goes next. And I don't even want to try to theorize on this podcast what's going to happen going forward. Because I just want to enjoy the ride. And I want the storytellers to just... Tell me the story that they're going to tell because I trust them because they've done such a tremendous job with it. Three seasons in, 30 episodes, like usually a show peaks after season two, uh, the real good ones anyways. You know, there's shows now that go on forever. But usually season two is where things get really, really intense. And then usually it, it goes downhill from there. But season three was right up there. And it continued to grow. And, and I'm now more excited than ever for season four. So I hope you all have uh, enjoyed it as much as I have and we'll continue to enjoy it and we can continue to talk about it on social media. Uh, maybe not so much right now because it's still brand new, but you know, hopefully as the year goes by, 
and filming starts to go on season four. And, you know, I won't try to, I'm not going to try to learn storyline points and all that stuff. Uh, even casting, you know, call ups or whatever. Cause I like to be, this is a show where I, I, I just like to see what stories presented and what characters introduced and all that stuff or what, what characters they dive into. And yeah, they, there's just so much to love about this show. And, uh, I can't wait. Give me more. Not so much more. Like, I don't want there to be 12 seasons of this show. Like, six is good. If they haven't mapped out for six, you know, I'm good with it. If they, ha- they have an end game, so we know that they have a, a finish line to get to. But for right now, I'm just going to enjoy the journey. And, uh, yeah, can't wait for more. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. 2021 is here. We're full force. And uh, we'll see what happens with this show going forward. Let's see who I bring on this year and what fun stuff we can talk about in the pop culture bubble. Um, You can find this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace Off the Top Rope. Hit that follow button for me. Greatly appreciated. Um, If you're an Apple person, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and leave me the five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It just helps in all the data. It's not really so much if you think the show's good or not i think it's okay um but if you could rate it five stars for me if you haven't already i would greatly appreciate that as well also available on iHeartRadio. it's available on pandora if you listen through there uh, it's also on amazon uh, all these other different platforms for listening to your podcast uh, you can probably get that show on but thank you guys so much and uh, enjoy wild card weekend on the nfl i know i will and of course uh enjoy cobra kai Season three or all three seasons are available on Netflix and you can watch them like super fast. It's that good folks. And I don't say that a lot about a lot of TV shows these days, but this is worth your time. So thank you guys so much. And we'll catch you on the next episode. God bless you. Have a good weekend.